I'm Jason Black. I'm Nick Westray, and this is For the Girls Podcast. And we're just uh, we're just kind of coming at you with some of our oldie oldies but goodies right now. We're on hiatus, and so just so it can show up in your feed, and just so we can get some more of your special listens, we're just uh, you know we're just kind of we're just kind of bringing some stuff up to the front, some stuff that was in the back. We're playing the reruns, babes. Yeah, we're playing yeah. the reruns on this podcast about we're queer syndicated people obsessing about female performers. Yeah, we're in syndication right now. <laughs> we're coming back with new episodes in March, but until then, we wanted to just refresh some of the old ones that we think maybe you missed, that you maybe didn't download enough, that you maybe didn't write enough iconic reviews about. So get on it and have a re-listen now. What are we listening to this week, Jay? Well, you're a pig from hell. We, I'll do. know I love you more than my luggage. <laughs> Hit Weza. We are doing. Um, we are doing my favorite, favorite, favorite movie of all time, uh, Steel Magnolias. And do you want to know a little tea? Tell I, me the tea. I though. wanted this so tea. Oh, I wanted this um, so bad when we did this episode, and it just got put on YouTube. And it was both everything I wanted an absolutely fucking horrible time capsule. I have always wanted to see all of the women together uh, doing a junket or a press tour. And I could not find it. But they just, so they just released, they just released all of them minus Daryl Hannah. She made the smart decision to not come. And even the girls on the, on the panel were like, Daryl Hannah, stay away. Uh, but it was everyone else but Daryl Hannah on Phil Donahue. And when she goes one by one talking about their appearance their weight talking about telling Shirley MacLaine how brave she was for looking so ugly and old. And Shirley MacLaine's like, I'm Bill Donahue did that. Yes. He, he looks at, he's what like, what the fuck? What a, he, oh, he, he, what a pig I think the first hell. thing he asks, what a pig from hell. He asks Dolly Parton. The first thing he asks is if she even eats, uh, because she's so skinny. Um, Ugh. he, 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 he tells uh, Sally Fields, like, how can you be Julia Roberts mom and look like you look? And and uh, or, or, and Sally Fields goes. I have a twenty-year-old son. This is what moms look like now. And right. so it's so if you can just get past the Phil Donahue of it all, which is honestly that's how men talk to women. Well, doing this podcast, luckily you can, that's luckily you can get past that because you don't have to listen to that YouTube if you don't want to. <laughs> you don't, but again, but they're still all there and they're still absolutely fabulous. Julia Roberts is playing this really. Um, kind of like naive and shy movie star she really it's like kind of a rare thing to see her not at all uh she she had not done um uh, pretty, pretty woman, woman. she had yeah. not been nominated for this movie steel magnolias so it was it was like the double thing she got nominated for steel magnolias and then pretty woman got came out and she got nominated for that and boom she was already everywhere she was all but she's really kind of cagey and shy and then there's just these titans lined up on stage with her so i would say absolutely block out phil donahue but stay just to see all of these women on stage talking about working on this film together and and what's it mean shirley mcclain goes fucking off about people making fun of her um for her spiritual beliefs and it's really and talk, she talks about how i love shirley yes. she's my uh, she's my cinema icon this uh, episode was, I think, our fourth episode ever. So it's pre-pandemic. It's 2019. It's before we even built the House of Roberts. And it's the first time we entered the House of Roberts. I mean, it's the house of so many women, though. And it's this episode is a full bop. It's called Legends Only. Yeah, and... it's, it's so special. It's all seasons. So, you know, 
You know me in all seasons. This is where we all get a, real big into that. All season queen. All go through the seasons oh, in a film and you like got a, my heart. It's it's like a checkoff play, y'all. Okay, we love you. <laughs> Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a podcast about you and your diva. It's a valentine to your moms, your grandmothers, your great-great-grandmothers, and mother dinosaurs. It's a love letter to chick flicks and easy listening music and sunny 101.5 FM. It's a podcast about queers queering it up about their love for female performers. Hi, Jay. We have, we have, Hi. We've officially had a podcast for a month now. Oh my gosh, it feels like feels like a year. <laughs> I'm sure to everyone who's listened to it, it feels like a fucking year. Well, we've... So, uh, as Nikki has been telling me, uh, this will probably be our first real occurrent um, episode. Yeah, we're jumping... Because we've been... We're jumping back into the timeline. We're jumping back into the natural timeline with a real current movie from 1989. That's right. Uh, to <laughs> to sling at you, but um, but but yeah, like I mean, what we're going to release this in a couple of days? Yeah. I think this is kind of our first one. Yeah, because we pre-taped that. a lot of them, and um, so we were a little bit behind the ball in terms of a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the Oscar race. Uh, we were <laughs> a little bit not so current, but now we are really on top of it. We're actually taping this well, in the week that we're releasing it. And well, okay, so this episode will be current, but we but we're going to keep shuffling it up, right? Because yeah, there will be other non-current episodes. I think the next episode we we're going to we're going to drop we we taped all the way back in October. That's true. That's true. Um, so this is your chance, Jay. What do you have to say about the news? Do you want to talk about anything really current? Oh. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. So many things. Big and small. How was that? <laughs> that was really good. Uh, we don't talk so about the news here. There are, are no, there are no divas in the news except for Nancy, Alessandro, Pelosi. News. It's oh, raining yeah. in LA. It's 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 raining in LA. It's kind of be- it's kind of um, it's kind of really giving me like I'm like at my desk and it's really giving me like I don't know just like cozying into my mic. And do, do you feel like Stephen King right now? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I do. I I do. I feel like I'm, I mean, I don't feel like I'm in LA and I kind of love that. I mean, you can't, it's like a sheet of rain um, for, for anyone that's like not from LA. This is like, this is like once every like five years this happens and it's, and it's, and it's epic. And yeah, this is kind of our winter, and I know that your winter is looking very much wintry over it's there. It's so right? fucking cold; it's terrible. I haven't left the house in five days. It's awful. Um, 
but that's okay. But we have a podcast. And well, that's we have a okay. podcast, and that lets us get out to the entire world. Um, I'm really excited. We have an Instagram. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. You've been doing some beautiful work on the Instagram. You have been uploading those stories, girl. Thank you. But yes, no, Nikki's been doing amazing stories. I actually will send him photos and he's like, got those. (laughs) So, uh, Um, yeah. Girls on top of it. Thank you to everyone who started listening to the podcast. It's really, it's really great. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think like, you know, this is special and this is fun. And Um, okay. Wait, I have a correction. I have a correction from last week though. We said uh, from the Whitney episode. From the Whitney episode with Cord Tuttle, um, we kind of didn't even introduce Cord either. He's a great writer. He um, is working on an opera that's taking that's uh, happening in France. He's working on TV shows in LA. He's Doesn't a playwright. He have the best voice. He's so so just like sweet and sexy at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But so we kind. we mistakenly said that Whitney that the booing uh, was at the BET Awards. Not true. It was the Soul Train Awards. And that was not sent in by anyone except that we listened to it and then did what we should have done, which was look it up and realized <laughs> we spoke wrong. So we we corrected ourselves. So yeah, <laughs> we are all our own worst enemies. So critics. Um, so we heard it. We and we apologized to the Soul Train Awards and everyone who helped to produce it that year. Um, and but we don't apologize to people <laughs> booing Whitney Houston because fuck you. Yeah, don't boo Whitney Houston. Um, no. <laughs> so we okay, so we did that. How, did we feel like we talked about the podcast enough? Um, we yeah. didn't. We haven't made a million dollars yet. We should say that we haven't made a million dollars yet, which is odd to me because we asked for it and it hasn't yeah. come. No, but we'll keep asking for it until it comes. But, but can yeah, you, can you can you actually hear the rain? It's crazy. I can't. No, I can't hear the rain. Oh, it's so romantic. Oh, this is just so good for where you're going to... Because what are we doing today? We're, As you said, we're doing a really old, cold take movie from 1989 called... Called my... This is, you know, hands down what my favorite movie is. I, I really do not go for high flutin or art house movies. I go I go back to really uh my my childhood, uh a movie I've seen a thousand times, and the movie we're gonna discuss today, Steel Magnolias, the nineteen eighty nine movie. Oh. Steel Magnolias, my oh. number one favorite movie. Starring six divas. Oh starring Women at the at the height of their game, so powerful! <laughs> oh my god! We've got Sally wow. Field, we've got Julia Roberts, we've got, we've got Miss Dolly Parton slumming it as a hairdresser. <laughs> Miss Dolly Parton, we've got Miss Dame Shirley MacLaine, Olympia Dukakis, Olivia Dukakis, and we got Miss Oh America's Sweetheart, Daryl Hannah, and Julia Roberts. Oh, I said Julia. Julia yeah, I said Julia. I gave her second. Say Julia Roberts again because she just is. She. This this is what. This is just what torpedoed her. She's so beautiful. Oh, so gorgeous. So beautiful. Were you clocking Dolly Parton's um, like acarant like long nails? Oh, so long, huge. Like, how was she doing hair? hair. Because she's amazing. Oh, so we rewatched it this week. How was your How was your watch, Jay? Let's Let's take it. Let's take it back. Let's see. Where do I begin with this movie? 
Well, we okay. So this was a this was a play. This, right. Yes, this was a play off Broadway and then on Broadway in the eighties, which I didn't know. And then they obviously they made it into a movie in nineteen eighty nine. And I'm guessing I rented this movie with my mom. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Michigan, and we had this like tiny little shopping center with a super small video store. And I'm sure I just walked by this VHS cover and just was like, my God, this looks like a good time. And Steel Magnolias, just the name Steel Magnolias, I just thought, oh my gosh, Magnolias, that's like three syllables. What is that? That's like, (laughs) that's a big word and steel. And oh, I found out that Magnolias was a flower, but it was a hard flower. And I, I, just that concept alone, I just found so enticing and, and interesting to be about these women. And so just that alone, right, right, was so fucking exciting to me. And I don't know, I just, I remember writing this movie and watching it with my mom and having the absolute, I was probably six or seven when I saw this movie, and having the absolute time of my life. I thought it was one of the most, the funniest most pleasurable things I had seen at that point. And I remember I could make my mom laugh by quoting the movie, by saying the bad parts, especially uh, Weezer's um, comment to Clary after she gets brought up to be smacked. <laughs> um, and she, she calls Clary a pig from hell. And that was like, do you remember me saying that? Yeah, you would always you remember say me a pig from hell. So fucking funny calling someone a pig from hell. I thought that I thought that concept too that a pig was from hell was just 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 so so funny to me. You are a pig from hell. <laughs> so there's that and I've seen it I've seen it so many times. I don't think I've revisited it in a couple of years. And it still hold up. God damn it. It's still... It's, it's a still really so good movie. Did it, did it work on you? So oh. it, it, it's so magical to me. And, and, and here's, here's what's funny. As you all know, Nick and I, um, you know, I, we shared so many indelible moments. But this, this one, I don't, I don't think we ever really... We never really watched together, bizarrely. I'm sure no. we've seen it together. We just don't yeah. have a memory of it. Yeah. But it's not something that we really uh, spent a long time talking about. Um, so for me, this movie still totally held up. Uh, it, it brought back all the nostalgia for me. What did you think, babe? I, I mean, I loved it. I, I, I also think the reason I didn't... You had such a connection with it so young because you spent a lot of your um, childhood in the South. Yeah, I was going to talk. That's kind of you an knew, emotional moment for me. And I I did not. And so you kind of have a, a different connection with these type of people, you know, from your dad's side of the family, being from Texas. And I think that you, in that way, you had a deeper connection with it as a young kid than I did. And I don't know why I just didn't, um, it wasn't as formative a film for me. But I do remember seeing it, and I remember seeing it at your house and loving the movie. You know, we loved all Dolly Parton movies at the time. Was it kind of like watching it a little bit more new then for you this time? No, kind of I mean, it I've a little seen, more fresh. I've seen it before. I mean, I've seen it. But yeah, but it was it was really fresh for me. I was just taken aback by what a good movie it is and how it's another one of those movies that gets written off as a chick flick because mm-hmm. it's about yeah, women it. and women's relationships and emotions. And Which so, is just crazy. Anytime a movie is about women... It's downgraded. Yeah. I yeah. think that's... Um, it's like it's all of a sudden not a, um, a proper movie. 
it's a subgenre of a movie just because it's about women. Yes, absolutely. I, I, and even though it has some of the greatest screen actors of all time in it, I was actually just thinking about the way that whole funeral, the, cemet- the historic cemetery scene is shot. Mm. And there's mm-hmm. this part where Sally is walking away from the group. And just the way it's shot, kind of like on a steady cam and everything, I was like, gosh, this is a really beautiful film. And you forget, like, it was nominated for an Oscar. And it, for Julia Roberts, was nominated for an Oscar for it. And Sally Field was nominated for a Golden Globe for it. And Shirley MacLaine was nominated for a BAFTA for it. So it was like, it was a serious film at the time, you know, that I think, I, it frustrates me that it's, put into this uh, sub-genre, you know? You know, I, I there was this, I because I've seen it so many times, I was paying attention to certain, just kind of more of the minutia of it. Mm-hmm. In the film, and, and right before that funeral scene, Dolly Parton kind of has, Dolly Parton's kind of had a um, tense relationship with her husband, played by Sam Shepard. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have a reconciliation moment where he kind of says that he doesn't know what would happen if his wife died. And he, he keeps cutting back and forth to their responses without them saying anything. Kind of like he does like th- almost three takes back and forth mm-hmm. as, as there, as the things that are being said kind of lay on, on them. And I'm like, Oh, that doesn't ever get to really happen anymore. That, that kind of, that kind of longer take it's like normally someone will just say their line then you get the response and then they cut but they kept kind of showing like the expressions on their faces and I found that so beautiful yeah there's a lot of you get to see a lot of um, the women listening to each other you can really acting you can watch them get pick up the information from each other and they know each other really well and they're very sensitive to each other um, and their histories and what they're going through. I, I think this is really true of Olympia Dukakis in that movie. She's always, she? she's just listening so intently. Y'all, the women at, at some of the heights of their, of their powers. Oh, they're yeah. All either coming from pretty big, um, uh, pretty big vehicles or going into some pretty big vehicles. I mean, this is, this was just so fucking amazing that they were all able to do this movie because they were all pretty, um, they're all really A-list at this moment. I mean, this yes. is the, this is really the height of Daryl Hannah. Okay, wait, just real quick for all of our straight bros who all of our straight bro fans, should we um, kind of recap what this movie is about? Yeah, for all of our straight bro fans, I actually don't think that there is. I think people know this movie, and I think they know some of the iconic scenes like "Drink the Juice Shall Be." I, I more than not, I run into people who know of the movie and have not seen it. Honestly, it's crazy to me. I've been telling a couple of people this is this is the next episode, and they go, "Oh, good, oh, cool." I haven't seen the movie. I'll have wow. To see the movie. Yeah. Wow. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause the episode, uh, rent it on Amazon, and Honestly, then please. start it again. Because spoilers are coming on this thirty-year-old <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's about this mother and daughter. It focuses on a mother and daughter named Malin and Shelby, played by Sally Field and Julia Roberts. And it kind of follows them over the course of a few years from Shelby's wedding until the day that she dies. And Shelby is a serious diabetic. And uh, it also follows the other women in the town. They all go to the same beauty shop run by a woman named Truvy, played by Dolly Parton. And then these two older ladies in the community, played by Olympia Dukakis and Shirley MacLaine, one is kind of 
rich and sweet, and that's Olympia Dukakis named Clary, and one is a real cranky old bitch named Weeza, who has a big loud dog, and she's always dirty and grouchy, and like being grouchy is her thing. And then Truvy, Dolly Parton, has just hired a new person to work at her hair shop called Anel, played by Daryl Hannah. I know, Anel, what a name, right? Anel. Oh my gosh, Anel. Anel. So. Good cat name, actually. Good cat name, Anel. <laughs> really good cat Where's name. Where's Anel? Ooh, I love that. Anel. I actually think Anel. all the names are pretty good cat names. I'm th- you're, oh, honey, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely, yes. Oh, that means five cats. That means I have to get five cats. <laughs> I have to get five cats now. I have to get five cats. Ooh, I just got so excited I'm jumping off my chair. Um, <laughs> this. this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ooh, now I'm so excited I'm going to have to watch a damn movie again. Um, <laughs> right when we get off taping. Let's see if I missed anything. I, uh, I started writing down quotes and I was like, oh, you're just writing down Weeza quotes. Everything she says is a goldmine. Oh my gosh, she's the best character and she also is uh, the prototype for your wardrobe. She's a prototype for my entire life, y'all. Like, I, so, I, I, like, I kind of, as you know, Nick and I have, have, have always kind of had such an admiration for, um, you know, for female entertainers. And we, we loved all of these actresses. I can't tell you no. the thrill of seeing all of these actresses together and, and already knowing some of their career and then seeing more and be like, oh, they, this, this person was in Steel Magnolias. Because I know I didn't see Terms of Endearment before I saw Steel Magnolias. I know oh. I saw Terms of Endearment after that. And, and understanding the breadth of Shirley MacLaine's abilities. Oh, honey. Shirley MacLaine stars in also my favorite movie, mm-hmm. The, the Apartment. apartment. Yeah, which is my favorite movie, which is very, not very early Shirley MacLaine, but pretty early Shirley MacLaine. Did no, not early Shirley MacLaine. Did I tell you about um, when I watched Shirley Terms- MacLaine has had a career, what? Oh, it's so was, long. Yeah, since so she was long. very young. But mm-hmm. um, did I tell you about watching Terms of Endearment recently? <laughs> we watched it. Mm-hmm. Billy and I watched it. And I was crying so hard that my mm-hmm. boyfriend, my boyfriend was like, do you want me to turn this off? Because mm-hmm. that's when I was like, no, keep it going. It was, that movie fucking destroys me. Anyway. She's so, she's so, right. you know, Sean McLean says that that is her, um, that's her greatest role and that, it, that, uh, that, that'll be on her tombstone. That wow, she played that character. That it's such a, that was her. It's such a complicated yeah. role too. And Shirley MacLaine she also said, looks a lot like my mom, so I have a yeah, lot of emotional things with like when Shirley MacLaine gets upset, it makes me feel like my mom's upset. So. But, it works on me in a very particular way. <laughs> but Shirley, you know, Shirley MacLaine in this movie, her character comes 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 right into the so the the the, the movie begins with, um, when Shelby is getting married and it's so fucking 80s. Oh my sweet love and Jesus, like Jesus every, the clothes. The clothes like just just in my goddamn DNA, and don't you dare get me started talking about my obsession with seasonal decorations. Oh my gosh. I, it's all from this fucking movie. Well, this is a this seasonal is movie. To, it's a, it, is, honey. it starts off with Easter. 
Easter. And see, here's the thing. I never decorated for Easter, and you better best believe I am turning it up. <laughs> this year? <laughs> yes, because I have uh, – because I am obsessed with the 90s um, decorations. You know, the paper cutouts mm-hmm. that you would put in the windows. Like, I've started – and I've gotten my family in on that, and they know, like, that's – and my family, if you want to know about seasonal decorations, go to my family. My house. family, it too. It is frightening. Yeah, my family calls – when they do holiday decorations, they call it um, bin days. Where you move in, it's like moving in the bins. So you move in up to up upwards of twenty five to thirty bins of just cr- of just holiday. I mean, Jason's holiday. Jason's family are legitimate hoarders. Legitimate hoarders, but it's fun hoarding. I mean, you all want to see like what it's looks festive like hoarding. It's oh, it's well, it's all hoarding. Um, but yeah, but it's a lot of festive hoarding. But if you want to see what. It looks like for like five antique stores to go out of business. Come over to my house. Oh my god! Um, Do you also uh, connect with this movie? Uh, I realized this time, Malin is a social worker, just like your mom. Hmm. Yeah, I. You know, what kind of really, what really moved me was I didn't actually see her as my mom. I, um, like you said, my my father's from the south. My father's a Texan. And I, um, being, being the queer boy I am, I always had deep, deep, deep connections with my grandmas. Um, and I had mm-hmm. a deep connection with my grandma Black, my, my father's um, mother. And she really does, she's kind of petite and kind of has that kind of um, jittery control like Sally Fields. And she kind of could do and, do, and did everything. You know, she was always cooking the way Sally Fields is always doing something in the um, movie, always cooking, always volunteering, uh, always sewing, always making something. And it really did break my heart a little bit to to realize that there was that um, an an emotional connection uh, uh, for me more than really my Mm. mom was that I realized that that was a through line to my to my grandma and really that that at a young age watching those relationships, I that's kind of what I always, I've always really looked for. I've always been obsessed with um, being around women and being in the company of women. At, at that early age, I was always, I would be on the, um, you know, cement, jumping rope with, with little girls while all the boys were doing, I don't fucking know, pass around the pig skin. <laughs> Doesn't that sound old-timey? Um <laughs> Uh, but I, but I would, you know, I'd be playing with my My Little Ponies and I'd be jumping rope with the girls, and I always just took such comfort in the company of women. And I've realized watching that mo- this movie, that it, that, and I still find that their relationships and and their friendships, because it's really what we haven't really quite said is that this movie is really about friendship, mm. and there's barely a man in sight in this movie, and all the men are kind of like useless pigs. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, and they and they say it, and you know, and, may, and remember, um, Sally Field's mother, you know, she says she talks about being. Oh, so spoiler, y'all, um, Julia Roberts. Did you say this has diabetes? Yeah, and so. she dies. Okay. <laughs> 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 I said that. <laughs> I said that. Did you cry? Did you cry at all? Or three no? times. You, just, you did, babe. Okay, three times. Do you it. want to know my three cry cues? Yeah, yeah, duh. Okay. Um, 
The first one was when, okay, so they're in the Truvies and they're all getting their hair done and Julia Roberts gets, um, goes to get her hair cut short and gets, mm-hmm. she gets this like basically like her hook do, um, the same do she has when she plays Tinkerbell and <laughs> she, they're explaining to everybody how she's, uh, is going to get a new kidney and they mm-hmm. ask her, how long do you have to wait for one? Well, there are people on dialysis that have been waiting for years. That must be agony. I suppose, but I'm lucky I don't have to wait anymore. Mama's going to give me one of her kidneys. And I went, whoo, just tears just dropped. And they all go silent. And that was my first one. Oh, you're giving me shivers. And also, Sally, the fucking, y'all, Sally Field's reaction. Sally Field's is a powerhouse. I mean, she I is mean, the she, steel magnolia. I mean, she's she so is strong. She's the fucking steel. She is the steel. She I mean, they're the all steel magnolias, she but is, she's the super she one. She is the steel magnolia. Is that the name of the episode? I figured it out. She, Nick just named the episode, you bitch. This must be my episode. I'm supposed to come up with a witty saying. Okay, my second cry cue was um, when she is, when Shelby's in the hospital and she's sitting there reading her The People magazine. Oh, and Tom stop. Skerritt, who plays the husband, comes in. Honey, it'll do you good to get out for a while. Eat a real dinner. What if she wakes up for two minutes and I'm not here? Mm-hmm. Cry. And then the third one, it's during her big speech it's during sally field's big um speech uh in the cemetery and it's about um she talks about holding her hand and that's mm-hmm. when i really lost it we turned off the machines drum laughed he couldn't take it jackson laughed i find it amusing men are supposed to be made out of steel or something I just sat there. I just held Shelby's hand. There was no noise. No tremble. Just peace. Oh, God. I realize, as a woman, how lucky I am. I was there. When that wonderful creature drifted into my life. And I was there when she drifted out. It was the most precious moment of my life. That's when I That's, really I mean, it. most iconic speech in the whole wide world. Oh, I mean, top so five, like, death speeches of all time. Um, should we, should we listen to it? Oh, right now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's um, just I, go. I gotta get back. Has anybody got a mirror? Does anybody have a mirror? I, I don't know how you're doing on the inside, honey, but your hair's just holding up beautiful. Oh. Shelby was right. This is a brown football. Oh, oh honey, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can jog all the way to Texas and back, but my daughter can't. 
to know why. I want to know why Shelby's life is over. I want to know how that baby will ever know how wonderful his mother was. Will he ever know what she went through for him? Oh, God, I want to know why. Why? Lord, I wish I could understand. No. 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 It's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. I've always been ready to go first. I don't think I can take this. I don't think I can take this. I just want to hit somebody until they feel as bad as I do. I just want to hit something. I want to hit it hard. Here. Hit this. Go ahead, Malin. Slopper. Are you crazy? Hannah, are you high, Clary? Clary, have you lost your mind? We'll sell T-shirts saying I slapped Weezer Boudreau. Hannah! Miss Clary, enough! Weezer, this is your chance to do something for your fellow man. Knock her lights out, Malia. Let go of me! Malia, you just missed a chance of a lifetime. Half a chickapin parish will give the eye teeth to take a whack of Weezer. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you are a pig from hell. <laughs> so, okay, let me tell you. What she does, the, the, the ingenious twists and turns in that, where she, where she goes crazy and pulls back and, like, just is yearning and demanding the things she just desperately wants to try yeah. to essentially just like stop what has just happened. And I'm, it's so beautiful where she like acknowledges, you know, I mean the classic line, I could run to Texas and back, but my daughter can't, she never could. Like mm-hmm. she was never able to be whole. And all I wanted to do was make her whole, but I couldn't, my love couldn't do that. Mm. I couldn't, I could never save Shelby. And as strong as Maylin is, she she couldn't keep her daughter alive forever, and um, and her realizing that, and that she has to keep going on. But she, but how can she? You know, it's just um, fucking. I mean, Sally Fields just burns a goddamn house down in this role, and it's not. And it's like those are her big moments. But when you're talking about like the small moments where she's just reacting mm-hmm. and th- going through all of the emotions, and when she decides to give her kid a, when she decides to, like you know. When, when it shows her embracing the fact that Julia Roberts has a kid because Sally Fields doesn't want, you know, she knows that this is this could really impair her daughter's life. Oh, yeah, like the scene, the Christmas, the Christmas scene when Tom Skerritt's, like, making the big speech and she's just standing back in that amazing Christmas outfit. Yum. Love that. Uh, so oh, good. And then all the girls, but they can kind of, like... Shirley MacLaine is the first to sense that something's wrong with this. And then they all kind of circle in. I love when they kind of like, they kind of swarm around each other to like, as like they form a circle of protection. A form a circle of protection. And it's such a thing. I I mean, going off what you were saying earlier, I think that this is a huge part of like, was my growing up too, is like the idea that as a little gay boy, you would find more comfort in the kitchen with your aunts and cousins mm-hmm. and mom mm-hmm. than in the living room by the TV with the football mm-hmm. game. And that, that you wanted to be in that circle because you knew that those these women were not going to be threatening to you. And I think that that's what a lot of this, the diva obsession, I mean, a lot of people I've talked to about the podcast so far have been talking about like, yeah, but why is it? Like, talk about more why you have that. And I think that there are lots of different elements to why queer people identify with strong women. 
But I think a lot of it has to do with that women were the protectors when I was growing up. And you know, also, not, let's... not that the men were abusive, but the men were frightening or scary or I well, knew that they that we were different than them. And, not, and, and, and I also just didn't give a fuck about watching football with them. And they also yeah. were stupid and they didn't say anything interesting. Women. Yeah. Now that is where the now that is where the tea was. That was where the drama was. That's where the family mm-hmm. gossip was. Mm-hmm. I could get down on that level, honey, and that's what I love about this movie. Right away when Anel comes to Truvy's house, Trudy is instantly like, "Oh, there is a story here, and mm-hmm. I have got to get on this." And then the girls start coming over, and everyone's like, "Ooh, we got a we got a live one." And I'm like, "This is what I love." Oh, and this you know what she I says, and for. I have this quote. Oh, get with it, Clary. This is the 80s. If you can achieve puberty, you can achieve a past. And I just love that. I love that about the 1980s, that everybody has a past. Uh-huh. You know, oh, especially oh, yeah. in a oh, small yes. town. Oh, yes. And, and, and what about when Clary says, well, if you have nothing nice to say, sit next to me. I have been saying that. So, I mean, that is my Bible. That is my Bible. Um, I think my roommate, he, he, he's not going to listen to this because he's a son of a bitch. But... Um, <laughs> If he does, uh, um, I have to give him some credit on this. But this is, uh, we came up with um, a real housewife. Um, you know, like a tag. You know how they always do a tag? Oh, yeah. This is mine. Are you ready? Uh-huh. I live for fashion, but I die for a piece of gossip. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hot. That's and really I good. really fucking will. I love gossip, honey. I love it. Like, if you want to come in, I will. The first thing is, oh, you got some gossip? Like, I just. You do love I, to gossip. Hanel, honey, what do you say we talk some trash? Oh, I love it. And I don't love to, like, just, like, burn people down, but I just love just that chit-chat. You know, I love, like, I mean, I could fit right in at sitting at that salon. I mean, I get so giddy when I'm around, you know, and I, you know. Though we hear yeah. that the guy who directed it was a real asshole to all of them. I know, that bums me out. I hear that. I, I read that, too. Um, but sure didn't keep them down. And again, like I said, I mean, Really, it's solidified for me, and it's so funny that I identified with Weeza at such a young age that she truly is, and you know, my iconic spirit animal, a, a, mm. a, a woman who wa- will badmouth her children. I mean, she literally <laughs> says she has two of the most ungrateful ch- ch- kids of all time, and um, badmouths her two dead husbands. Shelby, I managed in a few decades to marry the two most worthless men in the universe and then proceeded to have the three most ungrateful children ever conceived. The only reason people are nice to me is because I have more money than God. Now, I'm not about to open a new can of worms. Weezer. What? If this is really how you feel, it isn't healthy. Maybe you should think about coming down to the guidance center and talking to someone with their help. I'm not crazy, Malin. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. Bad mood for the last four years, 40 years, doesn't want to watch movies, hates plays because she can, because she can nap on her own time. I mean, I just live. I mean, that is just, she, she grows vegetables and she doesn't fucking know why. And she, she always looks overdressed and underdressed at the same time. Like Mm. she just looks wild. And I just want to be that kind of wild. She is, she's feral. I mean, it's that amazing thing about these Southern women who are both rich and don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of insane power that she has. Oh, just, just, she just, and she just lights up the stage. I mean, Shirley MacLaine just, she, she, uh, you know, she, she, um, she chose to not wear makeup. She, she looked at the direction. And she goes, I guess I'm playing character actors now. <laughs> and 
<laughs> That's what she said to the director. And so she went full hog into it. And she also, like, all of her fucking reactions, my God, it's just, it's, you know, it's, and, and then she subtly will heartbreak you too. She's mm-hmm. not just, like, one-dimensional, like, like wisecracking. Like, she... Oh, when, really I love that scene really when she, moments. you know, when they're in, it's right after the Steve scene where they're in the grocery store and she's like, shouldn't have said that. Said what? Back at Truvy's. I said I'd be better off when my body wears out. I shouldn't have said that in front of Shelby. And I didn't mean that. Weezer, nobody pays any attention to you. But I feel bad, Clary. I'm a terrible person. No, you're not. You'd give your dog a kidney if he needed one. Yes. You know, she has a thing, which I do too, you know, or all of us do, where we say something to get the laugh or to be funny or because that's our gig, you know. And then you realize, you're like, oh, you were just trying to perform. You weren't thinking at all about the other people in the room with you, you know. Isn't her and Clarice's friendship just so fabulous? Oh, it's so great. It's so Isn't that great. just such a wonderful? I the I um the part that really struck me, that really made me emotional, and it's it was it's actually just a kind of funny throwaway. It happens at the beginning, right after the um, wedding. Um, Weezer lives next, right next door, to uh, Shelby's family's house, and they're leaving the wedding at night. And she tells Clary to walk her home. Walk me home, Clary. You just live over there. I don't want to walk in that house by myself. You watch the evening news. Come on, you watch the news. You know what kind of world we're living in. Walk me home. Who's going to walk me home? You've got the flashlight. My car's parked over there. Come on. I want to talk. This is ridiculous. You're just only a few feet away from here. Follow me. My goodness, you're acting like a child. You know that? The older you get, the sillier you get. The older you get, the uglier you get. And I... That's what friendship is, yeah. To me, asking your friends to do the most to do so such silly things, and and they just they're just doing that. I just think like that is the that is to me the definition of um, of loving someone. Mm-hmm. Just to have those like, to... well, and you can tell she just wants those couple extra minutes alone with Clary. Yeah, she's been at a wedding all day. Yeah, they've been at a wedding all day. You know. She just wants her to walk her in the house so they can probably have a little bit more gossip. And Clary's going to do it because you know, Clary also knows that she's crazy. I mean, I'm Also, this is you. such a – it's so funny. This, for Shirley, is right in between Madame Susatska and Postcards from the Edge, which are two very glamorous roles. I know. You know? I know. She, I know. Oh, she can do anything. She can do no wrong. I mean, she is just a lightning bolt of, of, uh, of energy – and um, and perfection. Okay, who, so okay, so we've 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 gone down our Sally Fields. Sally, okay, Sally but also Fields can also we also just run. let's just put this yeah in. So this is after she's won the Os- two Oscars, but she just won for Places in the Heart, and then she did Murphy's Law, and then she did my favorite film of hers, Punchline. Then you there's love this. I love oh Punchline. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies ever. Oh, she's so terrific in that, isn't she? She's Who's so her fucking husband. It's John Goodman. John Goodman. You're right. right. It is John Goodman. So no, it's John. John Seriously, Goodman. If, if you're like, who's who's someone's husband? Just say John Goodman, and you're going to fucking win. Right. And then this is right before Soap Dish and right before Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. 
So this okay, is just come prime, on. prime come Sally. On. Come on. I'm sorry. If you were a kid in the 80s or 90s, Sally Fields was your mom. Like, Sally Fields seriously. was your mom. Sally Fields was your fucking mom. And she was always, she always was so fucking put upon. Do you remember, remember how fucking put upon she was as Miss Doubtfire? Like, <laughs> she's the most put upon person on earth in Mrs. <laughs> she's, Doubtfire. She's so put upon. She just she, needs a little her time. God, someone give Sally Fields her moments. Just like let her have some downtime and like not have a kid dying or like an irresponsible husband or like a very disturbed child in Forrest Gump. My oh fucking my god. Jesus. Oh my god. When Mama I, Gump. Her that Mom. her name was just Mama Gump. Mama Gump. And she, like also she had played Tom Hanks's love interest like three years before. <laughs> so fucked up. It was so <laughs> fucked up so on Hollywood treats women. Can we just talk about where Julia Roberts was though in the career at this point? Well, she had just done Mystic Pizza. And this is right before Pretty Woman. And then she did this, and then and she was nominated for an Academy Award for this, and then, and then bam. And then she the next and then year. just fucking America's Sweetheart into the stars. But this decade, I mean, it's Pretty Woman, Flatliner, Sleeping with the Enemy, Dying Young, Hook, The Player, Pelican Brief, Mary Riley, Michael Collins, My Best Friend's Wedding, Conspiracy Theory, Stepmom. Like, Not Jesus. Notting Hill, Runaway Bride, Aaron Brockovich. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Ran, 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 ran. Oh, you, did you do Conspiracy Theory? Yeah, I fucking one? love, love that Conspiracy one. Theory. Love that one. No one talks um, about it. We really, it. oh my gosh, I really want us to do our Halloween, The House of Roberts. Yes, yes. Nick. We want to do a Halloween party yes. where we all dress up as Julia Roberts characters. Yes. Iconic. Iconic. And I'm going to so, do Sleeping so with the Enemy. Red wigs. Just, just so have a wet shit. red wig. <laughs> and, a, and a button up white button shirt. Down. You're lazy. You're the lazy Julia Roberts drag. <laughs> I want people. But <laughs> I want to. Just wet Julia Roberts. Um, I would just still be Weeza, I guess. <laughs> Can't tell me not to do that. Um. Um, uh, I think yeah, you should no. be stepmom Julia Roberts because then you'd get to have lots of mittens and hats oh, and yeah, you would be really warm on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't like being cold. That's, I'm so, I am seriously such a middle, middle-aged mom. I just don't want to be cold. Can I sit down? Is there going to be heat in a place for me to sit is my um, question about anywhere I go. Uh, <laughs> is that sad? Are there chairs? Um, is there a chair and is it warm? <laughs> um... So I'm sorry, Daryl Hannah. Okay. We just got to do Daryl, and then Dolly, real quick. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So Dolly, Dolly, at this point had not done a film for five years. Right, she had done nine to five. She had already done nine to five, and Which was 1980, I think. Yeah, and Whorehouse, and then she and did Whorehouse. this, and then Straight Talk is like two years after this. A 92, which was actually yeah. offered to Bet. Slip that in there. Was it? Yep. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because it's it Touchstone. To it's people, Touchstone, actually. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It was actually yeah. average to a lot of people, and then Dolly took it. Okay, I mean, Dolly hasn't, like, done that many film roles, so it's, like, hard to say, but I actually think she's wonderful and lived in this performance. She's I think so she's good in this movie. Really warm and um, and centered uh, in this performance. I, uh, I, I, I really, really adore her. I think this is her best work, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I really love her in this movie, too. And that scene with Sam Shepard that you already talked about, she's so beautiful and simple, mm-hmm. and I oh, I love it. And then and Daryl Hannah, this is kind of like the last big movie for Daryl before she gets into grumpy old men world. Um, this, 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 Daryl Hannah is the one that ha- gave me the hardest time to track because she really was a chameleon in this movie. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, as a young kid, I found it kind of hard for me to, oh, I would always be like, oh my gosh, that's a Nell? Because she really did, I mean, like, you know, she kind of like, also, Anel changes personas. She changes personas so many times in the movie. Like when you meet her, she's <laughs> like a scared, fun? a scared mouse, and then she's like a boozy, fun girl, and then she's a Christian martyr. You know, she <laughs> changes so it's crazy. It's such a I love crazy it. part. No, I, it's, I know. I mean, it's... only only an actress of Daryl Hannah's shape shifting <laughs> ability could handle such <laughs> such material. Obviously. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> Shut up. You loved her in Kill Bill. I love Daryl Hannah in Kill Bill. I love Daryl. Daryl Hannah is also an iconic um, environmentalist Activist. who, Do you know who climbs up into to? trees and almost Do you know who she's married to? No. Grandpa Time, Neil Young himself. She's married to Neil Young? Mm-hmm. Wow. Either she's married or she's like been partnered with him for years. Yeah, Neil Young. She Darryl is Hannah the hip. She's Young. the hippie Fuck, queen. She's the hip. She's the queen of the hippies. I mean, she. You can literally look look at her like stranded up in a tree. If you guys want to like do some fun YouTube. Oh yeah, like, well, Daryl Hannah will climb an Amazon tree and be like, "Get me down, dare you?" Yeah, she'll like chain herself to the Anel! top. No, she's just screaming. No. Oh wait, and Olympia at this point. Um, this is right after she oh, has won Olympia. the Oscar for, for Moonstruck. Now, Nick and I were really obsessed. We were obsessed with Shirley MacLaine, and we definitely were obsessed with Miss Olympia Dukakis. We had a big... Well, also because she was in Working Girl, and she was in our favorite, Look Who's Talking. Mm-hmm. She was so... I mean, I think she's... And, and Moonstruck, she's really some of the... She's, she is, she's always um, a, a character actress, and is always the best... For us, the best thing. So it's like when Olympia comes on, it's like, ooh, finally something's happening. She's the best Thank thing you. in every movie. Jason, so to end... Here's my final thought. And it's from Truvy at the end of the movie, where she says, Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. I love that. I love that. I lo- and that's what this movie is. And I celebrate you. Thank you for uh, cluing me into the wonders that are female friendships. Um, they have inspired me and uh, 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 kept me alive all my life. And I owe a lot of that to this movie. And I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so, so, so I'm, grateful. I'm grateful for the female friendship role models we had in life and in the movies. Right, yeah. Which I think were really important, you know? And the old women that were uh, turning out to be. Yes. Oh, so I'm, I feel really fortunate. Um, okay, so we're going to read a couple. Uh, we, we, have, we have mail. Yay. People wrote in about, we keep asking you to write in about you and your diva, and so some people... Did thank you, and more people can um, follow their lead. So let's, um, Jay. Do you want to read one? Sure. Okay. This one is. Uh, should I say his last name, or should I just say from Paul? Mm, Maybe we'll just say from Paul because we didn't ask. So this is from hey, Paul. Paul. Hi, Paul. Um, uh, and I'll save the subject matter. He says, Jason and Nick. First, I've already fallen in love with your podcast, (laughs) and I actually left my first ever actual review of anything on iTunes, so I'm hoping that brings some more people onto the listening side. Oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, everyone else, you can do the same thing. Yes, thank fucking God. Thank God for you, Paul. Uh, Paul, make a fake alias and write another one. Um, No, you've done enough. Thank you, Paul. Okay, more importantly, Ethel Merman. If I started to put into an email all of my feelings and thoughts about her, you'd honestly think I was insane. No, honey, we wouldn't. 
Um, that's me <laughs> saying that. Uh, you start, <laughs> honestly start to think I was insane, and this would end up being longer than War and Peace. I'll give you some highlights. I run a queer-focused theater in Atlanta, and this past December, we premiered the Ethel Merman Disco Christmas Spectacular, which I wrote what? and directed a full-scale, full-length musical using Ethel's disco album as inspiration. For the show, I was interviewed by radio and print publications all over town and was asked to sing in the style of Ethel on the air live. I did not hesitate. I feel like my email could end (laughs) there. I doubt many people actually own a copy of the 1979 classic Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, with which Ethel was a star of. I assume other people were a part of it as well, but I couldn't really tell you who. My boyfriend is well used, used to the YouTube on our TV being filled with nothing but Ethel clips. And not all the normal stuff. Obscure clips like talk shows and random variety specials. Have you ever seen the clip of her singing with Diana Ross in The Supremes? And he links uh, to this clip, which we'll put into our uh, something. What? Yeah, we'll put it on Instagram, it on Instagram or, we'll, or Twitter. We'll tweet we'll it. Tweet it. This is, a, this, is prop, <laughs> this is probably already too long. But I wanted to reach out and say thank you for being as crazy about a diva as I am. I admit that... I am not famous or well-known, but if you ever wanted to slash needed an Ethel expert fan, I would hop on a flight to NYC or LA or whatever and talk to no end about the first lady of the American stage. Also, no shade to bet who I adore, but let's remember that Hello Dolly was written for Ethel. Ooh, okay, girl. Thank you for all <laughs> you are doing and keep it going, uh, Paul. Oh, Paul, wow. Thank you so oh, much. We love Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman's amazing. Paul, I, we also, Bet, Bet really does a lot of homage in her singing of her gypsy to Ethel. She really does. She really, really fucking does. And um, she, Paul, sorry if I butchered that email. That was like me reading that cold. But Paul, thank you so much for your email. Um, more people write us in and write uh, reviews on iTunes. Okay, I have one. I have one from Seth. Um, it says, hi, Nick. Hi, Nick and Jason. Love your first episode and your bet K-hole was a good choice. That's who I would have chosen. It's difficult to narrow down my favorite diva, but I'd have to say that Julie Andrews was my first obsession. One of the first movies I ever saw was Mary Poppins, which, of course, is hard to beat in terms of Ju- Julie's film work. Before that, I was exposed to her Christmas album when my grandparents pulled out their record collection. Before I was eight years old... I'd heard all of the popular Broadway cast recordings from the 1940s to the 1970s on vinyl. So I had heard Julie on the recording of Camelot, too. But Mary Poppins is when I became infatuated with her. The wholesome, no-nonsense, but funny version of her. Not long after I wa- not long after that, I watched The Sound of Music on VHS and rented it over and over and over again until my parents finally decided to buy it for me. Good work, parents. Um, that was just for me. And then, shortly before I was a teenager, I was watching great performances on PBS, of course I was, and turned it on about halfway through the Victor Victoria film. Here she was, my idol, my innocent, sweet, wholesome Julie Andrews, naked in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. Ah! I was shocked, but intrigued. I wasn't sure what to think, but I knew I had to learn more about her and find out what other movies she had done. Ugh. Okay, side note, Seth, 
Victor Victoria is one of my top movies of all time. I love that movie so much. Um, so then Seth says, I went back to Camelot since I'd seen a clip of her performing it on the Ed Sullivan show. I dragged my parents to literally every video store all around town to hunt down the movie version of Camelot starring Julie Andrews. I was heartbroken when I finally learned that it didn't exist. After much disappointment, I settled for buying the only film version with Vanessa Redgrave, who I now obviously appreciate and adore for other reasons. Same sort of thing happened with My Fair Lady, as you can imagine. Ugh, I hate that Julie isn't in both of those films. Anyway, that's just Nick talking. <laughs> then Seth says, what did we ever do before YouTube? Thank God PBS existed for us gaybies. I'll never forget watching Julie and Carol at Carnegie Hall for the first time with my sister. I have my 16-year-old sister to thank for to introducing me to a lot of gay icons. Bet, Julie, Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. Madonna, Cindy Lauper. Sisters do it all. Um, watching Julie and Carol together again has led me to binge watch all those numerous cheesy TV specials from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Whatever happened to those? That could be another For the Girls episode by itself. Liza and Goldie Hawn, all of the duets with Cher, Bernadette, Bet, Carol Burnett. That should be an episode. That's a really good idea. Thank you, Seth. Uh, where do I go from here? I can't forget to mention all of the Tonys and episodes of the Rosie O'Donnell show that Julie was on that I taped from TV. Of course, there was the Princess Diaries movies, which aren't the best films ever made, but still enjoyable for what they are. Which I guess can be said about the stage version of Victor Victoria. Not the best, but I loved it. Mostly for Julie and Liza's insane return to Broadway. But also for another favorite diva of mine, Rachel York is a great diva, yes. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something here, but those are the big Julie moments in my life. Curious to hear your ramblings about her, too. Oh, thanks, Seth. Um, I love Julie Andrews. Yeah, you do, and you love Victor Victoria. It's like one of your favorite films. You know that she fucking turned down her Tony nomination for the Broadway version of Victor Victoria because none of the rest of her cast was nominated? Really? Yeah, so she was like, you all can go fuck yourselves. Really? I don't want your nomination. Yeah, and that's really baller. I realized that the other day, and I was like, fuck. Did you know that she plays the voice of the sea creature in Aquaman? Does she? Which sea creature? The last one, the, like, big crazy one. (laughs) Wow. Did you know that? Go to. No, but I loved Aquaman. Isn't that random? It's also so random that she, that came out right with Mar- when Mary Poppins came out and Julie Andrews was the, that like, you're looking that up, bitch, because you don't believe me. <laughs> no, I believe you, girl. I believe you. Um, but yeah. um, um, That's amazing. Well, that was iconic. Thank you so much, Seth. Thank, Thank you. you for our first two diva fans to write in. Um, write in. Tell us about you and your diva, please. And uh, if you have a chance, it's really, really helpful if you subscribe and you like this podcast. That's how we get seen. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Um, rate and review is really an iTunes thing. So if mm-hmm. you get your podcast on Stitcher or Spotify, just like go over to the iTunes thing on your iPhone and rate and review us there just because you love us. Mm-hmm. And, and that'll help more people love us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We're at For the Girls. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at mail at ForTheGirlsPodcast.com. Tell us about you and your diva. Tell us about you and your mom and your joint favorite diva. Did you love this episode of Steel Magnolias? Maybe you want to tell us about how much more you love Steel Magnolias and uh, you want to outfan us. You can do that, too. Uh, and Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Wait, what should we go? Should we go out on a song? 
I'll find a Dolly song to go out on. And here's and here and let's let's play a song that's not from Steel Magnolias, but that Dolly Parton sings. <laughs> Just because we love Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly yeah, Parton stands that. right no, to us. She's yeah. been there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Love you Bye. guys. Bye. She has seen and done it all. She's a woman. She knows how to dish it out or take it all. Her heart's as soft as feathers Still she weathers stormy skies And she's a sparrow when She's broken But she's an eagle When she flies A Scope of colors you can toss her round and round. You can keep her in your vision, but you never keep her down. She's a lover, she's a mother, she's a friend, and she's a wife, and she's a She